Robinson, and welcome to Light on Light Through, Episode 70, a January 2010 TV review sampler. Well, you, my regular listeners of Light on Light Through, know that I've talked about several times over the years what I see as this new golden age of television. It's never been better. Shows ranging from The Sopranos to Lost to 24 to The Wire to Dexter. Everywhere you go, I think we're seeing on television some of the finest dramas in the history of the medium. And I've been reviewing many of them over on one of my other podcasts, Levinson News Clips. The reviews are, well, usually about five or six minutes long. And I thought that it might be a good idea to give you a sampler of some of these reviews, give you a little bit of what I'm reviewing right now in the month of January 2010. So I put together this special edition of Light on, Light Through, and you're going to hear reviews of 24... Big Love, Bones, Damages, Fringe, Heroes, and House. And in addition to that, after each review, I've also included a special sponsor announcement that I make with my Levinson News Clips television reviews. You'll hear these for Angie's List, eHarmony, LifeLock, eMusic, Avis, BuyCostumes.com and Budget. So each of these little announcements carries with it a special code, which you can use to get sizable discounts. Here, then, is the special January 2010 sampler of, I think, historians will look back and say this era is one of the greatest in the history of human storytelling. The Light on Light Through podcast. Back as promised with my review of the two-hour premiere tonight of 24. That would be season eight. That was a superb premiere. 24 has been making a good habit of that. Here's the setup. Remember the protests in Iran last June over a good guy being robbed of his election win? Well, let's say he hadn't been robbed. Let's say the good guy had won, wants peace, and is now at the U.N. negotiating the nuke disarmament of his country with President Allison Taylor, that's our president, in return for a bushel of American aid. The bad guys would want to kill him. Meanwhile, Jack's also in New York City, about to leave for L.A. with Kim, her husband, Stephen, and their sweet little daughter, Terry. She was named after Jack's wife, who was stunningly killed in the finale at the end of the very first season of 24. Now, you know Jack's not going to get to L.A. anytime just yet. But the way he's delayed is, so far, about a stopwatch and stop heartbeat perfect as a TV show can get. In the first hour, Benito Martinez, he played captain to mayor just right in The Shield, comes to Jack with a story about an assassin's plot about Iranian President Hassan. He's wounded. Jack believes him. 
But Jack's attempt to bring him in is blown up, literally, when the helicopter that CTU sends, by the way, CTU is reestablished and now apparently headquartered in New York City, but the helicopter they send to rescue Jack and Benito is taken out on the roof right before its pickup of Jack and the informant, who's Benito. That's the actor's name. I forget the character's name. But what you won't forget when you see our one is he dies. And the last thing he tells Jack is that the assassin is on the inside, close to President Hassan. On to our two. In addition to who the assassin is, a question immediately arises about why the roof extraction team had no protection. Freddie Prinze Jr. plays Agent Cole, who presses Director Hastings about this back at CTU. Hastings is played by Michael T. Williamson, who had one of the best minor roles in one of my all-time favorite movies, Heat. I think Hastings is someone to watch. It's hard to believe that a director of CTU could be a bad guy, but hey, on 24s, I'm sure you well know, you can never rule anything out. Except Jack is never going to be a bad guy. Neither will Chloe. But anyone else is fair game. Also back at CTU is Battlestar Galactica's Katie Sackhoff. Looking good. A lot better than she did on Battlestar Galactica. And pretty high up on the team at CTU. She's playing Dana Walsh, who's actually Jenny, but that's another story which hasn't fully kicked in yet. She's supposed to marry Agent Cole, and she's supervising Chloe, who's having a bit of trouble learning all the latest computer programs. Sounds like me. Chloe has just come back to CTU, but she's sharp enough to realize that Hastings' pick for the assassin a blonde American reporter that Hassan is having an affair with may not be the culprit, even though lots of evidence is pointing right at her. In one of the best scenes of the evening, Jack wants to leave CTU and get to the airport to fly to L.A. with Kim and family. Chloe pleads with him, saying that she's always helped Jack when he called on her over the years in all kinds of crazy, desperate situations. That's exactly what I thought she should tell him. But Jack says no. Kim comes to the rescue. She's called Chloe to find out what was going on and tells her father it's all right if he needs to come to L.A. a day later in order to save the world. It was probably Kim's best scene in the entire series. She's finally grown up. She was on her way to doing this last season, and Jack and Chloe were letter-perfect in their responses. 24, against all odds, looks to be well on the way to reinventing itself for another season of fresh, smart, adrenaline-pumping television. It's been one of my top five favorite television shows since day one, often my favorite, and it's going to be another contender this year, too. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 
Oh, hey, I just wanted to welcome Angie's List with a code that will give you 25% off on Angie's List where you can get all kinds of leads on everything ranging from doctors to weddings to home improvements. You can reach Angie's List at A-N-G-I-E-S-L-I-S-T dot com. And you can put in your promo code when you're filling out your membership, L-E-V-I-N, for 25% off. The Light on Light Through podcast. I'm Paul Levinson with a review of the premiere episode of Season 4 of Big Love, which was on HBO last night. Well, I missed the Beach Boys and the skating on cracking ice at the beginning. But otherwise... What a splendid return of big love for its fourth season. Harry Dean Stanton puts in what is likely one last performance as Roman Grant in the flesh. But it's been frozen, courtesy of Adeline, and placed in a chair in a pose reminiscent of Norman's dear mother in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Adeline's been writing checks and doing business under Roman's name, which attracts the FBI and a whole lot of aggravation for both Albie and Bill. Albie, however, may have an ace in the hole with the new trustee of Juniper Park. The two have a romp in the woods prior to either knowing who the other is. Lots of room here for some good story complications. Meanwhile, the FBI dogging Bill may ruin his new casino partnership with the Blackfoot Indians that he worked so hard to develop last season. But so far, so good. Kenny Rogers was supposed to sing The Gambler at the opening of the casino, but Ben and his band step up when Kenny's plane is delayed and Ben does a great job with the song. You gotta know how to hold up. Know how to fold them. Uh, Ben did a better job than I just did, but the patrons love Ben and gambled away a whole bunch of money. Bill's relationship with Nikki may at last soon be, quote, repaired, unquote, to use that great term of barbs for sleeping together. Marjean certainly hopes so. She's been picking up Nikki's share, as she puts it. And then she adds, not that I mind, but still. Now, in the acting category, it was great to see Jelko Ivanik back as Nikki's first husband and the father of their teenage daughter. So let's see now about Ivanik. He's apparently off Heroes and Damages at this point, but still on True Blood. And it's good to see him in Big Love. After all, with Harry Dean off the show... Ivan X, an excellent addition to Bruce Dern and Grace as inimitable, big love, creepy, crazy characters. All right, Frank and Lois are sometimes endearing, too, and there were some fine scenes in last night's episode with Paris. So, big love is off to a fine new season. And hey, although I did miss the Beach Boys... It was good to hear Johnny Cash singing Walk the Line. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. 
as Frank drove into town. So there's a whole lot of great music on Big Love, and it looks like a really great story building up for this season. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. You know, 236 eHarmony members get married every day in the United States as a result of eHarmony's sophisticated method of matching people. There was all kinds of scientific cross-referencing, and eHarmony.com has a special offer. You can subscribe to eHarmony for three months and get one month totally free. And the way you do this is you log on to eHarmony.com, E-H-A-R-M-O-N-Y.com. And when you're filling out your membership application form, you will have a place to put in a special code for a discount. That code is E-H-L-E-V-I-N, all capital letters. The Light on Light Through Podcast. I'm Paul Levinson with a review of Bones 5.11, which was on Fox last night. It was more like the X-Files than Fringe, as Bones and Booth do a pretty good Scully and Mulder. Hey, it's all in the FBI family. Bones and Booth were out in Roswell, New Mexico. But the best part of the episode, I thought, was what happened back in Washington, D.C. with Angela, Jack, and Wendell. No, not quite a menage a trois, but Angela and Wendell are definitely hooked up. Lucky Wendell. And the question is, how will Jack take this? In the next-to-last scene that played like a Hitchcock mise-en-scene, meaning great in filmmaking. Angela and Wendell are together in a bar, and the camera pulls back to reveal Jack looking at them through the window. He turns and walks away, and the expression on his face says that this is not the end of it for him and Angela. Not at all, whatever he and Angela may say. Well, I say good. I think the two of them belong together, and I think sooner or later, Angela will see that. Meanwhile, back in New Mexico, we get a fine tableau of all the various characters in UFO land, plus, of course, the murderer. Now, my favorite character was the, quote, important, unquote, blogger, who was characterized by Booth as, quote, important blogger. That's an oxymoron. Well, it was my favorite line in the show, because I'm always on the lookout for good material for the second edition of my book, New New Media, good material about how television writers love to take shots at blogging, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, YouTube, and Wikipedia. This is a major theme in the current first edition of New New Media, which, by the way, also talks about the part MySpace played in an excellent episode of Bones a few seasons ago. Now, I don't hold Booth responsible. After all, he had no choice but to say what the writers told him to say. But he needs to be careful not to start sounding too much like Sarah Palin, who also doesn't like bloggers. 
Hey, I wonder what Booth thinks of podcasting. Tell me about podcasts. Podcasts? I'll tell you what I know about podcasts. Podcasts are broadcasts made by pod people. I found them in my backyard, and they look just like me. But fortunately, I, able to, I was able to get to them while they were still webbing on their eyes, and I burned them. Well, I hope you like podcasting, because I'll be back here next week with a review of the next episode of Bones. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. Why risk suffering the cost of identity theft when the cost to help protect it is so low? LifeLock is only $10 a month, and when you visit LifeLock.com and use the promo code LEV10, you'll also get 10% off your LifeLock membership plus a free trial. That's LifeLock.com. The Light on Light Through Podcast. I'm Paul Levinson. Damages came back last night with a third scalding season on FX. It had all the punishing trimmings and a cast of new villains and maybe some heroes that rival what you might expect to see in the movies. Here's the fundamental setup. It's pretty much the same as last year. Patty Hughes is once again in maybe mortal danger six months from now this time from a car that crashes into hers out of the blue in a great jolting scene. Meanwhile, back in the present, Patty is taking on a Bernie Madoff-type character, Louis Tobin, played by Len Cariou, who I thought was just great in Brotherhood. And Patty is also working through the entanglements in Madoff's that is Tobin's family, including his wife, played by Lily Tomlin. How about that? His son, played by Campbell Scott. And by the way, if you're in the New York area, Campbell Scott is appearing at the Players Club this coming Friday night, the last Friday in January. And it's free, so check that out. Back to damages. We also have a daughter-in-law, Rako Ellsworth. That's Michelle Dressler on 24, and she was on Lost last year as well. And for superb good measure, Martin Short is on tap as the tough, brutal, slightly sleazy Tobin lawyer, Leonard Winstone. Hey, lawyers don't come any other way when they're opposing Patty on damages. Ellen's looking great working in the DA's office, and Tom is getting his name on the door. It will be use and shaves. But back in the six months from now, Patty's okay. She's just shaken up, not really hurt by the crash, and Huntley, played by Tom Noonan, is on the case. He was a great character, I thought, from last year, and it's good to see him back. His investigation leads to the first shocker of the night. Tom's car is the one that took out Patty's. And then, a much bigger punch in the solar plexus, one which may completely change the show.
and will. Tom's car was apparently stolen. That's not the punch. He's dead. Meanwhile, in the present, there is one other thing I guess I should mention. Keith Carradine, fresh from his role as Agent Frank Lundy on Dexter, is some kind of mysterious architect, Julian Decker, who's trying to get close to Patty. Now, with Carradine in the role, it's a certainty that something very major is going to happen between Julian and Patty, which will have some connection to the car crash. So Damages is off and running with another searing season, a chess game with daggers, and easily one of the most intelligent shows on television. Well, I hope you think these reviews are at least halfway intelligent, because I'll be back here in any case next week with my review of the next and then every week, every episode of Damages this season. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. Paul Levinson, Silk Code, about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. Oh, yeah, I have something I want to tell you about. It's actually about our new sponsor, emusic.com. You may hear me talking about them at the beginning of some of these episodes of Levinson News Clips. They have a great deal going, a 14-day free trial with 35 downloads of great music. And if you cancel... Not that you will, but if you do decide to cancel, any time before the 14 days are over, you get to keep all 35 tracks. And you have over 3,200,000 tracks to choose from. That's pretty cool. Leading columnists from the music industry will guide you to musical gems in all of your favorite genres, And these MP3s work on Zoom, iPod, any MP3 player. You can burn an unlimited number of CDs. You can download to an unlimited number of computers. No one to hassle you. Nothing uh, to get in your way. These are all in DRM-free format. Now, if you want to avail yourself of this offer, you just log on to emusic.com slash L-E-V-I-N-S-O-N. And you can just get right into this and enjoy this free 14-day offer. The Light on Light Through Podcast. I'm Paul Levinson with a review of Fringe, which was on this Monday evening. Wait a minute. Fringe is on Thursday nights on Fox. But there was a new episode shown this past Monday. It was advertised as an all-new Fringe. The first hint, though, that this was more than new came in the opening credits. Kirk Acevedo's name was there. He played Olivia's erstwhile partner, Charlie Francis. Erstwhile because Charlie was first killed then came back inhabited by one of the alternate universe bad guys, presumably William Bell's current haunts, though maybe the bad beings are attacking both Bells and our universes. 
So I thought when I saw Acevedo's name, hmm, maybe the bad guys are putting in our universe another Charlie clone, the way the Terminator worked. But no, this clearly was not the case because Olivia seemed perfectly at home with her former, possessed, doubly deceased partner. What was going on here? On closer inspection in the realm of extra fiction, meaning outside of the show on Fox itself, we find on Fox Flash that Monday night's Fringe is a, quote, special unearthed episode from season one, unquote. Aha! That certainly explains Charlie and Olivia's lack of alarm, to say the least, about Charlie. But why would Fox just slip in this out-of-season, though not especially out-of-sync, episode from last year? Contempt for Fringe's audience? Well, maybe not, because Fox Flash concludes its blurb about Monday Night's Fringe as follows. Quote, Is it an unaired episode from season one? Or is it from an alternate universe? Ah, alternate universe. Now we're talking. Fringe has already established that in its, our fictitious, universe, there are other parallel alternate universes. One is William Bell's, but there could be others. So maybe Monday night's episode was a story in an alternate fringe universe in which Charlie never died, not even once, and he's still Olivia's partner. Once I started focusing on this hypothesis, I noticed some other differences between Monday night's episode and what we've been seeing on Fringe both this year and even last year. A character commented on Olivia and Peter's possible romantic involvement. You don't see too much of that in our Fringe universe. And Walter seemed a lot less crazy. I'm just saying. Someone who commented on my blog also pointed out that Olivia seemed a lot more peaceful, at ease, less haunted and hunted than she usually does. Meanwhile, the story itself, in whatever universe, was very good Monday night. A young woman who's near death, or maybe has already died, due to an aneurysm, is vulnerable to her brain, mind, soul, being taken over by a discontented soul whose body had just been murdered. The play on the Yiddish Dybbuk story has a top-notch confrontation between Walter and a priest who argue over explanations based on science versus those that come from faith. And the ending, in which the soul is freed from the young woman only to inhabit someone else who has almost or just died, makes perfect sense since the soul has not yet gotten its revenge on its body's murderer. So kudos to Fox, not only for putting this show on, but tying it in the Fox Flash to the alternate universe possibility. You know, ordinarily I'd be a little annoyed by such television programming mind games, but in this case, I... Wait a minute. 
this just isn't like me. Am I in some alternate universe right now? How about you listening to this podcast? Well, whatever universe I'm in, I hope Fringe at some point in one of its futures puts in some little reference to Monday's story just to make these meta-connections even more intriguing. And I'll be back here on Thursday with my review of the next new Fringe. And hey, anytime Fox has any other alternate universe Fringe stories on Mondays, I'll be reviewing those too. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. And hey, telling you about one of our new sponsors, Avis. That's right, Avis Rent-A-Car. They do try harder. And they're offering 10% off or $30 off if you uh, rent a car that costs more than $100. And to get this special discount, just log on to avis, A-V-I-S dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. Beautiful outside, great time to hop in a car and drive out there somewhere to the sea, to the mountains, and have a great time. The Light on Light Through podcast I'm Paul Levinson with a review of Heroes, which resumed last night, season four, that is, on NBC. Now, I've been saying for a while that season four of Heroes is its best since that first magical season. And the two-hour resumption of season four last night did not disappoint, offering a surprisingly effective, contemplative double episode with interactions and conversations that went a long way towards weaving a powerful original story. Among the highlights, one, Hero, whose mind may be addled by his brain tumor, is speaking in riddles, which ratify the position of heroes in the science fiction, mystery, and fantasy genres. Among the stories Hero draws upon in his attempt to characterize the dangers that he sees are Man of La Mancha, Sherlock Holmes, Star Wars, and Caprica. Yep, you gotta give Hero's credit for having Hero speak of Cylons and Caprica, which will debut on the Sci-Fi Channel this January 22nd. Hey, if Fox can devote almost a complete episode of Bones to Avatar, NBC, part of the same corporate conglomerate as the Sci-Fi Channel, can certainly slip in a mention of Caprica. I like those sorts of cross-references. They may be product placement, but they also give the narrative a nice, realistic clout. Two. Heroes also addresses the effectiveness of torture as a way of getting accurate information. Noah Bennett, on the verge of torturing fast man Edgar for information, is persuaded by Lauren to use a kinder approach, which works, sort of. So Noah's better than Jack Bauer. Keith Oberman must be cheering somewhere. Or... Depending on your point of view, no is no Jack Bauer. Though in all fairness to Jack, he has been getting a little gentler in his treatments of suspects in the past season or two of 24, 
which will be premiering its new season on Fox next Sunday and Monday. And then we'll settle into its Monday night slot right opposite Heroes. Good thing there's such a thing as TiVo and DVRs. Three, there are lots of good stories aborning on Heroes for Silar, who ends up menacingly at Claire's window. For Peter, who wants to get in touch with Claire's flying old boyfriend from Texas, as Peter yearns to get more in touch with Nathan now that he's gone, presumably, for keeps. For Samuel, who continues to be one of the best villains in the history of heroes, in part because he manages to seem a decent, caring human being most of the time. And there's a brand new character, in fact, my favorite heroic edition for this season, a guy who can literally breathe life into the earth. So there's a whole lot of good shaking going on here, and I'm looking forward to more next week. Before then, I'll be back with a review of Numbers. And then, as the January television season really starts rolling out next week, I'll be back with Heroes 24. Wow, I'm just looking at this schedule. House. And then on Thursday nights, Bones. Lots of great television for you this January. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. If you're in the market for an inexpensive costume for Halloween or any other purpose, go to buycostumes.com, and if you type in the code L-E-V-I-N-P-O-D, you'll get 12% off your order. You have over 15,000 items to choose from. They range from scary to cutesy. So go to buycostumes.com. The Light on Light Through Podcast. I'm Paul Levinson with a review of House 6.10, which was on Fox this past Monday night. Well, it was good to see House back in play. It was a lighthouse, at least as far as major characters are concerned. Let's see, Wilson's trying to hook up with attractive neighbor Nora, who demurs because she thinks he and House, living together as they do, are gay. House exploits this to try to nail Nora on his own, but Wilson's poignant proposal to House, when House and Nora are on a date, blows this for House. Meanwhile, Taub, 13, and Chase make Foreman think he's earning less than them. He turns this into a double fake-out of guilting them to each contribute a little of their salary to his salary. As the price for his not leaving for another job which he didn't intend to do in the first place. There was also good guest star power in this episode. It was good to see Sasha Alexander as Nora. I liked her even better in this exuberant role than in the too serious Kate role in NCIS. And actually, I like Ziva much better than Kate in NCIS. Hey, it would be fun to see Ziva do a guest spot on House as well. 
Also in episode 6.10 is Ethan Embry, who you may recall played Declund, the troubled detective, in the late lamented Brotherhood. It was good to see Embry as a cop once again, this time undercover with a drug ring and a disease that even House can't cure. House continues to be one of the most original, riveting shows on television. And I'll be back here with a review of the next episode of House and every episode this season. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. Oh, and uh, I did want to tell you about one of our new sponsors. You're going to love this. This is Budget, the car rental place. And if you log on to budget.com slash L-E-V-I-N, that's B-U-D-G-E-T dot com slash L-E-V-I-N, you can take advantage of a special offer which will give you 10% off on any reservation or 30% off on any weekly rental. And, you know, i got to tell you, it's a beautiful day in New York today, uh, high 70s. Uh, Boy, uh, if I didn't have to teach a class, which I just did, and take care of a couple of other things, I'd want to hop in the car with my wife and drive someplace beautiful, maybe even take a walk on the beach or go up to a beautiful mountain lake. It's that kind of day. And Budget makes it easy for you to do that. They have a great selection of Ford cars, and you can also reserve in advance special cars, for example, like the Prius, which is a hybrid car. You save a lot of money on gas, and you don't have to spend that much time filling up the car because the gas goes much further. So go to budget.com slash L-E-V-I-N and avail yourself of these great offers. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little bunch of reviews of 24 Big Love, Bones, Damages, Fringe, Heroes, and House. And I continue to review all of those television shows over on Levinson News Clips. You can hear them at Levinson News, that's L-E-V-I-N-N-E-W-S dot Medio, M-E-V-I-O dot com. And you'll find my continuing podcast reviews of each of those television shows. Not only that, but starting on February 2nd, I'll be reviewing every episode of the final season of Lost, also on Levinson News Clips. And in March, I'll be reviewing, in addition to all of those great shows, The Tudors, when it returns to Showtime, Flash Forward, when it comes back to ABC, lots of other great television. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. 
Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Sierra had always done everything for the thrill. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Entertainment Weekly says the plot to save Socrates is challenging fun. The New York Daily News says it's a Da Vinci-esque thriller. And Curled Up with a Good Book says Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about the plot to save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Traveled 2,500 years back in time to ancient Athens to save Socrates from certain death, and now he doesn't want to come back with me. Oi, I'm gonna plot! All this and more in Paul Levinson's The Plots to Save Socrates. The Light on Light Through Podcast. That's the sweet music of our promo suite. And you're going to hear promos from Mike Thinks News, the savviest podcast in town. You're going to hear from the night guy in Israel. Sean Farrell's patio book of my first novel, The Silk Cone. We're just about out of time. I look forward to talking to you next time. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy. the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. The time in Israel is uh, two minutes after midnight. Your life is ticking away, moment by moment. Your coffee is getting cold. The time in Israel is... 41 minutes after midnight, and that's true, by the way. Hi there. Do you think this world is surreal enough? Join me for an exploration of the most surreal aspects of this world on a podcast gone horribly wrong. Interviews with creative people, 100-word stories, short essays, and much, much more. Find me at nightguy.kaitafit.com Come and join the fun, and may you never have to listen to music you don't like. Did you hear the music? The Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson, 
comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past, and join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Thank you.